If you're going to start a business for yourself, a side hustle or an actual all-out business, it's important that you set yourself up the correct way for tax purposes. Incorporate.com, great service. I used it myself to start my business many years ago. It will allow you to set up a C-Corp, an S-Corp, an LLC, or a nonprofit all through the web. They'll answer questions for you. They're not you know, legal experts. You should have one of your own. But they make the process of setting up a business very easy. So use the link in the show notes to go to incorporate.com. It will help you a lot. And we'll be back in just one moment. This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 2137. I'm Jeff Alton, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome to part two of my interview with Bill Priestley, where we talk about finding a fulfilling professional life. It is a terrific interview. Uh, part one was yesterday. Today is part two. I do hope you find it helpful. And I hope you give No BS Job Search Advice Radio a great review on whatever site you listen to it on or whatever app you listen to it on. And with that, we'll be back in just one moment. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. That's the and, first and thing. A lot of those things are acquired yeah. skills. And my, yeah. fav- my favorite example of this, and one I use, is toilet training. Uh, yeah. Every young child struggles with the concept of toilet training and, mm-hmm. you know, or using the toilet. And the parents are all worried oh, is the kid ever going to learn how to use the bathroom? I don't know about you, but no one, well, I'm at an age where people start to worry about it, older individuals and their ability to use the toilet, but that's a different conversation. But sure, there's a point where um, it becomes second nature and mm-hmm. practice and the fear is overcome. And suddenly the kid can do it and the parents go, Hosanna, I don't have to step <laughs> around all those diapers with me all the time. Yay! And for a lot of you folks, there are things you're going to need to learn along the way that are going to help you. You may have an affinity for it, but you just don't know how yet. Mm-hmm. That always begs, you know, because a, a lot of coaches I've spoken to over the years, um, you know, for the show, often will talk about, okay, this is your passion. Go off and do it. And, I, and we'll turn around and say, okay, I've got a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> And that's a variable in there that impacts sure. what someone can afford to do mm-hmm. and, and thus confronting the, the mortgage, the financials, the responsibility right. you have to a wife, husband, or partner, the kids, the dog, whomever, whatever. Yeah. I'm sorry. Cats too. Right? Yes. Responsibility of cats. I don't want to ignore the cat lovers. I was, I had lots of cats in the past, but <laughs> But the idea becomes taking that into account and whether you can do it now, how you can do it now, so that you don't outstrip your expectations is one of the things I work with. Uh, So that, you know, we're talking about a process, but I always bring in 
you know, the reality to it is, you know, mm-hmm. is your wife or husband on board? Yeah. You know, if you have to go to school, you know, is that something that you can do, given that you've got the wife, husband, partner, kids, and, you know, it's going to have to do some study too, like what's reasonable. So with ability, it was always the idea of learning, practicality mm-hmm. and stuff along those lines. Uh, so one, once we're looking at ability, mm-hmm. um, I heard you talking about some of the natural stuff that people who have expertise and experiences have and mm-hmm. some of the stuff that people don't have yet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's acquired. Um, when you're working with people, how do you encourage them to just go off and do it? How do you help them overcome, oh, I don't have enough time for this. I've got a job and all the other laments that people have. The biggest motivational thing that I've ever, that I've, and I use this myself because unfortunately I've had to face mortality twice in my life um, is, all right, imagine you're, let's say we're talking to someone who's 45 years old. Imagine your life in 30 years or 35 years. If you look back, would you regret if you didn't have this opportunity uh, again? Would you do it? I mean, would you do it if you knew that you would regret it 35 years from now? And that usually is enough motivation where it's like, if, if I really wanted it, I would do it. Um, there's, there, there's a process a little bit later on in, in what I do that we look at, because generally speaking, the end result out of this is going to be a list of dream jobs. It's going to have, I mean, it could be anywhere from five to 30. Um, generally we try to get it between 10 and 15, but they're usually broken down. I break them down into three different, um, uh, subcategories. The first is dream jobs that you want to do once. In other words, the things that you would give you the great amount of satisfaction. If you just did it once, you'd be okay. You know, and those are eventually the things that you just, that you just call on your bucket list is I just want to do this once, you know, that's, that's it. You know, and like, People will say, well, you know what? I'd really like to be a baker. Well, once you figure out how hard baking is on a day-to-day basis, you know, <laughs> once you've done it once, you know, that's, that's, that's going to pretty much fill your cup. That's gonna, That's going to be it. So that's your, that's on your bucket list maybe. Uh, and it's something that maybe you just want to do, you know, in your own home or something that you can do, you know, however you get the opportunity to do it, maybe through a not-for-profit, maybe through a volunteer, that kind of thing. So then the second category would be something that you want to do between five and 200 times over the course of the rest of your life. And I would call those hobbies because you're not completely committed to those things that, that you would, that you think you want to do, but you know, it's something like, Oh, you know, I mean, I, I, I really love, um, what's a good example. I really love playing golf. Well, all right, go play golf. Uh, and, and you can play golf and make money at it. You know, even if you're just, you know, Joe Schmo off the street or, you know, whatever, you can still, you know, make a little money every two or three weeks. If you just want to go out and do that. Um, if you want to, uh, you know, work with, uh, work with kids, be a, be a teacher, be, you know, it's not something that you want to do all the time because you don't want to do the grading and the discipline and all of that stuff. But, you know, that's something that fills your cup you know, you get to go in, you get to influence kids for a while, and then you get to step back. And, you know, uh, for those that understand the illusion, be like a grandparent, you know, step in for a little bit, then step back, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but then there are, the, there are the jobs that you want to do every day that just are going to bring you back every single day. And what I've learned is that most of the time, those jobs 
seem to take on what I would call the, the affect of a cathedral architect. In other words, cathedral architects are, are, are some of the most interesting and just dedicated people on the earth because when they design a cathedral, they won't see the final product. It'll take a hundred years to build. It's not going to, you know, for instance, the cathedral in Barcelona uh, is just now getting finished after being started a hundred years ago. Uh, Washington Cathedral up in DC, I think took 85 years to build. Uh, the architects are long gone uh, from, from the original drawings of that building. So when you take on a, a cause that is much bigger than yourself, that you know perhaps you are not going to solve within your lifetime, that is at least something that you can say. If someone wants to try and cure cancer, that's a huge goal. I mean, that is a big, huge goal, but it is something that very well may not be solved within our lifetime. It could be, um, but if you commit to that kind of goal, and you want to do it, and you want to see it done, basically, maybe because you had someone, you knew someone who was, who had cancer that you wanted to perhaps save, any bit of data, any bit of information, any bit of knowledge that you can help uh, procure along the way will be a way to continue the fight to end cancer in the world. You know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a you know, very noble cause there as well. So, when you have a cause that's bigger than yourself, that's usually a very easy way to identify something that you're willing to do for the rest of your life. Now, when it comes to say, I won't say smaller dreams, but if you want to do something on smaller scales, um, you know, that gives you the opportunity to do something, maybe complete it. And then now what, what, what happens when the dream is realized? Now we got to start over. Now we got to do it again. And so then we go back to step one and go, okay, what are you interested in? What do you want to do? What do you, who do you want to work for? That kind of thing. Um, but as far as, as, you know, motivation, um, mortality is a powerful thing. And so I would often say, uh, you know, if, if it really, if it meant it today, if you could only do it today, would you do it? Or if, if you would regret it, if you didn't do it today, 30 years from now, when you don't have the ability to do it, that's usually going to be the good flip of the coin as to whether or not, yeah, I'm really interested in this or no, I, I, I don't think I have the, the commitment to do it. I remember a friend of mine many years ago um, was a mathematician. His father and uncle were popular composers in the 1920s. A lot of very well-known hits. Mm -hmm. And when his uncle, who was the survivor of the songwriting duo finally died. I remember sitting with my friend as he said, I don't want to die with the music inside of me. Bingo. There you go. There you yeah. go. And that was the awareness that he had. He was doing good work, but there was something more important that he wanted to get out of himself mm -hmm. and give to the world. And whether that's in the form of family, which is a perfectly valid place to in my mind, to, to put your energies into, to ensure, mm -hmm. you know, legacy is passed on uh, mm -hmm. or something in the more public sphere. The idea is taking steps to actualize the things where the dreams are and finding those dreams. And we're talking about things in terms of, of um, you know, the idea of, of giving a chance to something that, you know, well, to go back to the original illusion, if you if you talk about something that stimulates you intellectually, um, you know that's that's an intellectual uh, push. Um, 
if you if you've read um, Daniel Pink's book Drive, mm-hmm. uh, there are three types of motivation that he talks about, and the last of those three is intrinsic motivation, things that we we would do for no reason other than to benefit someone else or to benefit ourselves, and so. <clears throat> When you talk about something that's intellectually stimulating, it means you're, 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 you're taking the information in because you want to. And one of the reasons that we do that is because we want to be autonomy. We want autonomy of the situation. We want to be able to think about the situation in the terms in which we want to do it. That's one of the reasons that kids have a lot of trouble in school is because they want to think about things the, the way they want to think about them. And the teacher will say, well, you really need to think about it this way so you can understand the next concept and so on and so forth. So when you get to abilities, the, the, the great draws mastery. You know, for instance, if you've got a puzzle in front of you, if you solve the puzzle, you're not going to get paid for it. Uh, you know, you're not going to, there's not something that's coming back to you. You want to be able to master the puzzle. And then the third thing that we do is we do things for purpose. For instance, if there's a wreck on the side of the road, uh, do you stop? Do you get out? Do you see if everybody's okay? Do you call 911? Um, again, those are, are things that have no benefit to you uh, personally necessarily, but they have benefit in terms of you using yourself for the greater good. So those three things, autonomy, mastery, and purpose, if you can put those three things together, again, something that stimulates you intellectually, something that rewards you physically, and something that fulfills you emotionally and spiritually, that is a job, that is a thing that I find people are incredibly People are people find incredible difficulty turning away from if they get into themselves involved in, in such a, such a situation. I'm curious how you deal with people's fear, because mm-hmm. fear about actually taking action mm-hmm. comes up, because we all know there's a risk in making a change. Oh yeah. How, how do you work with people to overcome their fears? Well. Yeah. The first step is, is looking at it as, all right, if you've, if you've got no other chance to do this, would you do it? And again, we're talking about mortality a little bit, but that's, that's moving that direction. Um, if, 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 if that doesn't motivate them to that point, I feel like you've got to find the other reason why you're doing this. What is the reason that you want to do it? And does that reason have any sort of gravitas or pull within your life because if it doesn't you're not going to move uh if 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 it's not going to create for you uh a situation that you want to be in because people people will move in situations from a, a, a modality of scarcity to a modality of opportunity so say for instance the 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 example i like to give is um person getting married so if a person gets married they are they are viewing their life as not an op, not an opportunity. Well, say, let me let me back up. Other people would view that person as they're moving from an area of opportunity, in other words, the ability to date many other people, to an opportunity of scarcity, which is well, you're only going to date one person for the rest of your life. You know how boring could that possibly be? Whereas you're looking at it from an opportunity of of scarcity. In other words, um, I I don't want to do that to a, to an area of opportunity. Whereas I get to spend one deep relationship with one person that I really admire for the rest of my life. So the question is, what's going to get me to move and recognize that, that what I'm in is a, is an area of scarcity to an area of opportunity. Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, why we do that. You, know, you get into the psychology of all of this in terms of, of, of say for instance, 
why we go and buy that car, why we go, why we want to buy that house. Well, we're, we're viewing that as an, as we don't, our car isn't good enough. Our car is, is, is not what we want. Therefore we're moving to an opportunity therefore to get the better car or get the better house or do that. And that's an easy decision to make because we're moving to an area that we want to go to. When you look at a job, um, yeah, you're changing environments, but let's realize if this is where you want to go, let's find the opportunity. And if the opportunity therefore isn't great enough for you to think of it as an area of opportunity, then you're not going to move on. Then you're not going to do it. Then let's move on. Let's move on to something else because ultimately you're going to be the decider in whether or not you're going to jump through the hoop. And if you don't want to jump through the hoop, I can't make you. Agreed. And folks, I'll just simply say there's a price that we pay for every decision we make. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you, yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, you, if you, you find yourself in a moment of scarcity, but moving to a moment of opportunity, good on you. If everyone else doesn't see that, that's bad on them. I mean, you have to listen to yourself in that certain, certain situations, especially if you are going to, if you're moving into situations that's better for you, that's better for your family, that's better for, you know, all of those things that you talked about, um, then, then that's good on you. But if you're doing it because maybe someone else told you to, or you're doing it because, uh, you know, this is, this is quote unquote, the right thing to do, then I get worried. Uh, so you I want people to go in a direction where they feel comfortable. Uh, and if they don't feel, uh, if they don't feel like, I don't I shouldn't say comfortable. I say, I want them to be, I want them to be in a situation where they feel challenged to move ahead. If they want to move ahead, if they're intrinsically motivated to move ahead, that's where I want them to go. If they don't feel that, then let's not go there and let's drop it, you know, as quick as we can. What haven't I asked you about so far that we should cover in today's show? That's a good question. Um, if anything, well, for that matter. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's, um, in terms of what I do, um, there's that, there's that way that I talked about where we figure out an interest and ability and, and an audience, and you're trying to put that together. The other way to do it is to do it backwards. In other words, look at the world and try and find the person that you want to help, and then apply yourself and say, all right, what can I do? What do I know? my interest. What can I do? My ability that can affect that person. I had this, the, the, the way that I came about that particular thing was uh, I had a, a kid, I was, I was doing a youth conference one time and a young man walked up to me and he said, um, we were talking about people that you wanted to work with or work for. And uh, some kids were joking. And one of the kids, about a 16 year old boy, just had his leg propped up against the wall. He was leaning back. And he said, I want to work for girls. <laughs> uh, and that became a kind of bit of a running joke. And someone else walked up to me and, and, and afterward, after the, after the group dispersed and he tapped me on the shoulder and he said, I would have said, um, I, I wanted to work for my mom. And I said, why, why do you want to work for your mom? And he said, because, and I couldn't tell necessarily if this had just happened or if this was an ongoing thing where he had just gotten some bad news, but his mother was sick. And uh, he, he just wanted to help her. He wanted to figure out a way to help her. And so, right, well, let's, let's figure this out. You know, what is it that you want? What, how do you want to help them? And how can we help them? And so through the course of about a five-minute conversation, um, I learned that his father was in the financial uh, arena and that he kind of liked what his dad did. 
And so we talked and he said, well, why don't you become a fundraiser for, you know, the, an organization that could help your mom? And his eyes lit up and his jaw dropped. And I don't know how that story ends, but it begins with him running out of the building to try and find his dad so he can try and help his mom. So that's in a way that you can start with an audience, start with a person, because he's not only helping his mother, he's helping with every woman in that situation, if that's specific enough. He's helping every person in that situation by utilizing his own strengths, his own interest, his own ability to try and rid um, rid her of whatever that disease was um, that, that was afflicting her. So you can go at it, bat it forwards, you can go at it backwards, and, and it still works. Bill, this has been beautiful. How can people find out more about you and the work that you do? Well, you can check us out on the web at uh, dream, thedreamjobfactory.com. A better way to do it, though, is to go through Facebook, where we've got a, um, a closed Facebook group. All you got to do is fill out the questions. Um, if you go there to the Dream Job Blueprint, just search for the Dream Job Blueprint on Facebook, and you can join that group there. And then, of course, we're also on Twitter at Dream Job Factory and on Instagram as well as the Dream Job Factory uh, there as well. You can also email me through the site uh, if you'd like to, where we also handle um, coaching opportunities and you can also check out the online course and the ebook which is available there too beautiful so that's today's show i hope you found it helpful and if you did here are a few things i can do to help you with your job search beyond simply being your coach first of all i've got a new book out called the right answers to tough interview questions it is like a cookbook with answers to tons of interview questions that you're going to be asked on interviews. And if you pair it up with my other new book, The Ultimate Job Interview Framework, they are a a terrific pair of books to help you with interviewing. In addition, a new service where you can practice mock interviews. If you go to thebiggamehunter.us forward slash mock, I've got a service there, very inexpensive, like $99, where we have mock interviews set up. I'm going to be adding more to it very soon, but you can record your answers to them, and then I can critique them and help you perform better on them. You probably have noticed my show notes are pretty thorough with products and services that can help you with your search. And connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash the big game hunter. Lastly, my website has a ton of great information. That's thebiggamehunter.us. Now, if you're not ready to go there and go through the blog, put the address in your phone, thebiggamehunter.us, Jeff Altman. So this way, when you're ready to go, you have a way of getting back to my website. Hope you have a terrific day, and most importantly, be great!